listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Well, hello there, Rockstar SLPs. Today in this episode of the Real Talk SLP podcast, we're going to be talking about how to use the book if you take a mouse to school in your speech therapy sessions. In particular, I'm going to be walking you through how to set up a push-in lesson plan that, that, that goes with this book, but also I'll be sharing some extension activities for what you can plan after you read the book with your students in your speech therapy sessions. So first off, I know I have been a little MIA when it comes to recording episodes for the Real Talk SLP podcast. Um, this summer, kind of, it, it got, time got away from me, right? I have three kids at home. I've, I've been planning a lot of new updates for the Theme Therapy SLP membership. And we, I've also been working on finishing the Simon's Cat fall theme and Halloween theme speech therapy cheat sheets. So all this content creation that I've been doing and, and resource creation alongside also being distracted a lot of the times during the summer, um, something had to go, something had to be taken off my plate for a while. And that was the podcast. So what I'm hoping to do in the future is just record twice a month. And if I can do more than twice a month, I will, but I think what's doable right now is getting two episodes out a month to you guys. So if you haven't um, heard about the Simon's Cat Speech Therapy Cheat Sheets, I will link those in my show notes because they're really fun, wordless short videos that you can use with your mixed groups across a lot of ages. They're really popular with upper elementary and middle school, but I've created cheat sheets so that you can pull up the video and have targets and, and ideas for what to do with those videos to cover a lot of different goals. And so I've been working on the fall and the Halloween ones, which have a lot of my favorite videos. Um, another update is that the Theme Therapy SLP membership is opening up next week. So if you're listening to this today, it's going to be opening up next week for the school year. A lot of you have been asking me about when is this going to reopen? We had opened it in July and then we closed it just to get acclimated with our new members. And then we're going to be opening it up for the year. So go check it out themetherapyslp.com to sign up today. Um, we've been adding some really cool things. We, have, we haven't finished completely with the book companions, but we are adding those early in September. So we're excited about that. And we're also going to be adding speech and language editable homework sheets that go with the themes, which we're excited about as well. And my last announcement, I have one more announcement, lots of things going on. We are planning, I'm planning to host two free webinars next week, August 22nd and 24th, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. They're going to be for an hour. You can get a clinical maintenance hour for your license and your national certification. I'm going to be talking about how to plan theme therapy for your elementary caseload, the simple framework that makes planning effortless. So if you've been struggling with how to plan theme therapy units for your caseload, or you're totally overwhelmed and stressed out by it every week, I'm going to give you a framework to help with planning so that it feels 
easier. It may not be effortless in the beginning, but it will be easier. I do everything in my life as much as I can. I try to create frameworks so that it takes away the procrastination and the overwhelm because that's me. If I feel overwhelmed or not sure where to go next, well, next thing you know, I'm procrastinating and doing everything other than the main things that I need to do. And we don't have time to just be, you know, not getting things done at work. We need to get take action. And so I know those feelings because I, I dealt with them all the time when I worked full time in the school setting. And I also still struggle with procrastination and overwhelm when I'm creating content for you all. So I know this and this is what has helped me over the years. So I hope to see you there. I will put a link to all that in the show notes. All right. So let's jump into how to use the book if you take a mouse to school. Now in the show notes, I will link to the book. Um, I will link the YouTube read aloud that you can use and any blog posts that I've mentioned here or any resources that I mentioned here in this episode. So make sure you check out the show notes uh, to get any links that you're interested in. So first off, let's talk about planning a push-in lesson. Now, if you're wanting to go into the classroom and co-teach, I have a blog post all about how to set up your push-in lesson. And if you have been doing push-in or you're like, I don't, I would like to, but I'm afraid that everyone's just going to be staring at me and I'm going to be teaching the whole time. The real key step to having an effective and efficient push-in lesson plan time is to get the support and help from the teachers and the aides in the classroom. You got to give them a job and put them to work. So before you even start planning something like this, you really need to approach the teacher and set up job roles as well as get their buy-in and, and have them verbally agree that, hey, yeah, I will help run stations. The aides will help run stations. And you can say, hey, I can help um, plan the whole lesson so that when I come in, you guys just have to help out. You don't have to do any of the planning. Or if they want to get involved, that's great. So usually what I do is I go to the, we all go to the carpet or we have kids at their desks and I'm in the front of the classroom and we read the story. And before, before the, the lesson starts, I've usually set up with the teacher, hey, are you going to read the story or am I going to read the story? And if she was she or he were to read the story, then I may be holding up visual supports for AAC devices. Um, I may be supporting in that way or helping with, you know, behavior management, engagement on the carpet, um, whatever the whatever the job role you set up, you know, make sure you've talked about that beforehand. But usually if I'm the one reading the book, I have the teacher manning my Google slide if we were going to do a movement break afterwards, or I have them help with, you know, reminding the students of the expectations. And so while I'm reading the book, some things that I may be modeling for the teachers as well as doing as an evidence-based practice is I'm going to pair iconic gestures with, you know, with text from the book. Um, and I will link my podcast episode about using iconic gestures. And it's a really great thing that you can teach teachers. They may already do it. Um, and you can coach them on, hey, if you can do this one simple thing when you are reading books to your class, you are going to help improve your students' vocabulary. And while I'm reading the book, I'm also doing shared 
book reading strategies. And you may be already doing some of these things very naturally, but it it's another evidence-based practice that if you do this while you're while you're reading a story with students, it can help with uh, comprehension and new in teaching new vocabulary. So I will I will link those in the show notes so that you can read about them more. But as I'm reading the book, yes, I'm going to be doing iconic gestures. I'm going to be doing shared book reading strategies. And these will help with also keeping students engaged and excited about the book. So then after we've read the story, I might do a fun little back to school song, or we could do some little movement break. Like, you know, Simon says, school actions. If they need a little movement break before we go to stations, you can definitely do that. And then break the kids up into three stations. Now you would run one station, an aide would run one state, run a station, and the teacher would run a station. If there are extra aides in the classroom, you could always have the teacher as the floater and the two aides running a station. So we've read the book and now we're going to have some fun working on speech and language goals that are related to the story with extension activities. So I will link one of my reels that I did with explaining how to do this lesson plan setup so you can see it visually in action. But what you're going to do for station one is you're going to have a mystery lunch game and you could adapt this to be a mystery backpack game. So you could even repurpose this station for the following week and just change up the items that are in the mystery lunch or in the mystery backpack. So you're not necessarily having to redo a new activity. And you can put themed mini trinkets inside. You could put school printables. You could even put um, school items from around your room or your house, as well as some play food lunch items and play what's in the mystery, you know, what's in the mystery lunch. Um, we got to figure out what it is. And this is where you can give them some receptive language inferencing clues. You can look to see if how they're understanding with different attributes of these items. And then they get to act, you know, they get to guess and you get to then see if they were correct. So in the theme therapy SLP membership, we have printables for themed school themed uh, nouns that you could use with this game. All right, station number two. So you can find some different items from school. You can cat you can work on categories. You can do some sorting school items into categories with printables that you either find on the internet, or you could just use the ones for my back to school push and lesson plan guide. And you can sort items by category, by lunch food, by toys, you could do clothing. So you can work on categories that are also related to school. If you want to do this digitally, you can do this on a Google slide and find images from Google photos and have kids sort by playground, lunch food, toys, you could even do schoolwork helpers, clothes. Think about, you know, places around the school. There's so many ways that you could work on categories and then you can repurpose this the following week and either switch up the category groups or just slightly tweak what you're going to have them do. Maybe the first week you're going to have them sort the pictures 
And then the next week you're going to give them, you know, name that category and you're going to show them an item and then they have to say, it's a toy. It's a, it's clothing, whatever, whatever you're going to try to do. So you can switch things up by still having that same station. And then station number three is fun. This is probably my favorite activity because it's so versatile is to have a pretend play packing your lunch activity. So every kid has, you know, they know their mom or their dad or their grandma or aunt, somebody at home is helping them make their lunch, or maybe they have to make their own lunch. And this is actually a life skill and a functional skill that if they can practice this with you, maybe they can start making their own lunch at home. And it's really, really fun because all you need is play food and an extra lunch pail that you have, or even just a paper bag would work just fine. But you have to have them pack their own lunch. And so while you're doing this, whatever group is in front of you, you're just going to adapt how you do this activity based on the goals that these that your students have. So you could have students work on following directions. They could share their opinion. Like, um, I don't really want to have a meat and cheese sandwich because I'm not a big fan of meat. I'd rather have peanut butter and jelly. You could target core words like, don't like, in, I, want, need. You know, we could go on with a lot of different core words you could use with this. Um, you can model spatial concepts and basic concepts. You can talk about before and after. Like, what do we do before we pack our lunch? Well, before we pack our lunch, we have to get everything out. Um, after we pack our lunch, we have to zip it up and put it in our backpack. So then you can also work on sequencing the steps for packing a lunch. I really like doing sequencing steps because you can target verbs, morphology. Um, you can target the words that help describe how to do something first, next, you know, then last. So sequencing is a great activity because it incorporates so many language act like skills. You can work on, hey, what did you do first? What did you do last? Answering WH questions, expanding their morphology and mean length of utterance so that it's more complete when they're describing what they did. Another really fun activity you can do is what's missing. So you can have a lunch in the lunch box and then you can say something's missing. There's one more thing that we need to put in our lunch and you can give them some inference and clues for what they need to pack next in their school lunch. So for example, maybe they have their apple, their sandwich and their chips, but they need a drink. So you could say something's missing. It's something that comes in a bottle or something that is a liquid, and then they can guess what it could be. Um, so those are that's how I would set up my push-in lesson. And what's great is that you could then repurpose this lesson by next week using the same stations, but just adjusting, slightly tweaking how you're going to play those games. Or maybe one of the stations, you're going to take it out and you're going to have that as a story retell station where you're using the book to retell the station or retell the story. So you just, the, the, once you have this framework set up, you can repurpose it. If you saw like, oh my gosh, the kids really liked station one and station three, I'm going to keep those for next week. And maybe station two is going to be a craft or we're going to come up with something a little bit different where 
they get to put items in a backpack to make it more engaging to talk about the categories. All right. So some other fun extension activities for the book if you take a mouse to school. You can make a story prop. Sorry, let me say that again. You can make a story prop kit with items from the book to help with retail and sequencing, and it can also increase engagement. I'm going to link a set I found on Amazon, as well as a blog post from Rock Chalk Speech Talk. She shows how you can make a prop kit with items that she just had around her room to make it more fun. And she also shares some other cool extension activities for doing yoga and a science experiment that relates to when the mouse tries to do that science experiment and then he has to go to the bathroom because he's got purple gunk all over him. So those are some ideas for story retell, sequencing. Um, but then you can also do a craft that matches the story. And you can work on functional directions, all sorts of stuff. You can incorporate a little bit of writing. So I will link some of the crafts that I found on Pinterest for a mouse. And they can make a little mouse craft. And then, or I, I really like the paper bag mouse craft because those are things that you could then uh, use as a prop afterwards to follow directions um, with basic concepts or spatial concepts, or use the mouse to talk to other mice in the class because they're all going to have their puppets. So, some other crafts that you could do would be a pencil craft or a bus craft because the mouse has to go to school on the bus. And we have those crafts in the theme therapy SLP membership. So if you don't want to have to think about crafts and have all the visual sports supports ready to go, we have those in the membership. All right. So another thing I thought of, this would be really fun for kids who can have a little bit more advanced language is to make up another version of if you take a mouse to school and substitute it for a different animal. So it could be the child's pet, or it could be something kind of wild and crazy like a lion or a dinosaur. So you could create a new story. If you take a dinosaur to school, this is what's going to happen. And, and you can talk about, before you even do that, you can talk about, okay, what are some features of a mouse? And what are some features of this new animal? And help them with coming up with a storyline that would line up with the, with the cause and effect atmosphere um, and and just get a little silly with it. Because if you have something like a dinosaur, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to get them in the classroom, right? Um, so if you have a plush mouse or a mouse stuffy or a mouse puppet from that story prop kit that I was talking about, you can have the mouse go visit different places and workers around the school. So you can have, you could either set it up with the school, like a pretend play situation or if you have printables of different places around the school, you can have you can give them some clues. Say, hey, this is where the mouse went next. He went somewhere where you eat your lunch, and then have them go pick that place and ask and ask them where questions or who questions or talk about the different jobs from the different school workers. So also, okay, we have a few more ideas. Let me see. Yeah, a couple more ideas. Thanks for sticking with me. I will. Put these all in the show notes so that you can reference, reference them later if you are listening in the car or while you're doing the dishes or folding laundry. Um, so the last couple of ideas. You can work. I love these books in general by Laura Numeroff. 
because they they embed so much cause and effect skills within this story. So you have to work on what caused something and what was the effect of it. So you can work on connecting those concepts while also working on syntax and conjunction goals. So not only are they working on syntax and conjunctions, they're also learning the skill of cause and effect, which is a standard that often is taught in the classroom. So if we can work on that, that's going to carry over into um, other things that they have to do in the classroom. And then another thing that you can do is you can look through the book, write down any key vocabulary or verbs from the story, grab a die and have students roll to see what number they get. So if they get a one, then you can have them, um, you can have them practice defining the word in their own words. If they roll a two, they have to name synonyms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can't talk here now. So I'm going to link a free game sheet for you um, to do this activity, to do this roll a word activity. In the Theme Therapy membership, we provide book cheat sheets with targets already written out by tier two vocabulary, verbs, parts of speech, their speech sounds, so that you can just pull that book cheat sheet and know that after you've read the story, you can pick words that are in the story to use with, with goals like this when you're working on vocabulary. And so by making it a game, they can roll the die to see what they have to do for the word. And then you can even turn it into a points game where they get, if they roll a five, they get five points. If they roll a two, they get two points. So those are some of my ideas for how to incorporate speech and language goals using this book if you have a fun play activity or way that you bring this book to life or how you target certain goals like social pragmatic goals or fluency goals or any receptive or expressive language goals, please reach out to me on social media at The Dabbling Speechy and let me know. You can swipe a picture or swipe a picture, take a picture and tag me because I would love to see what you are doing with your students in your speech room. So I hope that this was helpful in giving you some inspiration for getting back into that therapy planning mode. And as always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. I will talk with you soon. Uh-huh.